Welcome everybody, I'm Jared, he's DJ, and this is Number One Bullshit. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> last night I'm watching, you know, getting, trying to do my live posts or, like, after-the-fact posts, because I didn't get caught up till the main event, mm -hmm. but... UFC has does like a pretty good job. You can go onto their website and they have links to all their fighters' socials. But the list, like where you can look, is it has every fighter ever. And sometimes it's not a great resource just from the standpoint. Like you can search somebody's name and it doesn't pop up. Yeah. And then you like if you filter down to the specific weight class and like active and all that, then it'll you can see them there. It's like I spelled that. Like, <laughs> I'm not dumb. I typed that out right. Uh, but I was looking yesterday. I couldn't find Nicholas Dalby's because it just was not showing up, which by the way, Nicholas, no H in there. Yeah. Yeah. Danish. <laughs> uh, but so I, I set it to active and I'm going and welterweight active and one of the first ones that pops up is a fucking power slap oh, i'm not gonna say God. fighter a power slap slapper nice pops up on and i was like no you're not in the ufc you're, you're not a fighter you stand there and smack somebody as hard as you can in the face and then get smacked with no defense just <laughs> getting brain trauma I, I was like, by myself watching the fights was just had a period of about 30 seconds of like irrational upset oh you, <laughs> like just you should be because when they like showed the power slap um I, I saw one commercial i was just like why why are we even interested in this i just don't get it but how much of an advantage is. how much of an advantage is if you win the coin flipping you get to slap first dude i'm telling you because your boy's not a power slapper but if I ever tossed the coin, I was like, heads, and it's like, it's tails. And the guy's like, I'm going to go first. I'm like, nah, retire. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, nah, <laughs> good. forfeit. Psych. Because I'm going to lose anyway. <laughs> I don't want to get hit <laughs> do I, really hard. Do I get my show bonus? Like, is that all I get? And what, do I get my $12 show bonus for this yeah. right now? I saw a clip of one of the, like, female power slappers, and she just knocks people unconscious. Yeah. And the woman was like, when she got slapped, like hit the ground, like stiffened up, like turtled and was like twitching. It's like, well, why would you do that? It's it's a free hit to the face. And like, even <laughs> it's though it's so an dumb. open palm, like it's but no one's hitting fingers. No, they are hitting the base of the palm to the jaw. It might as well be a punch. And and I don't know what the rules are because I'm not going to find them out. <laughs> I'm hitting you in the temple. Yeah, I'm hitting you in the temple. You know, mm. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to. Like, I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna be like. Well, let me hit you in the jaw. Fuck that, dude. I'm gonna Brenner you and El yeah, Elvis straight, Brenner you and hit yes. you in the temple. Uh, no, well, I was thinking previous Elvis Brenner where he hit Kucha Taladze in the freaking oh, no. neck. And <laughs> shit, shut him up. I'm not gonna karate chop or Denzel anybody, bro. <laughs> just go. To, yeah, you imagine somebody just goes straight to the windpipe. Like what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like fingers to the throat. But it's not the rules. <laughs> I slapped him. Did I? Did I win? Uh, yeah, and like oh, so had, dumb. I'm not gonna call it a sport. I won't. It's so dumb. Yeah, I mean, what is the classification of a sport? I guess I, I, I'm not either. I saw one of the videos in uh, on the preview, and it's like the guy seemed like he was holding something onto the bag of his hand. So like when you fall, you're gonna not even be able to brace yourself. It's so weird. 
Yeah, I think it's meant like to grip so you don't instinctually try to, oh, I don't know, protect yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that's it is like it keeps your hands occupied so you're not <laughs> and, and, <laughs> trying to not get hit. And imagine like your like, Deontay Wilders, your uh, um, Derek Lewis. I mean, like, I know we'll talk about him. But mm-hmm. uh, Francis and Ganus, imagine those people getting a free shot at your face, dude. Yeah, it's stupid. Or, or these giant three hundred pound Samoan dudes that are doing it. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's it's dumb. Yeah. Well, I it's mean, dumb. Well, thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. We talked about what we wanted to talk about today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's and, yeah. But going from prop, my guess is that the people that are the target audience for Power Slap are not the target audience for what our main event was. Can't be. But I hate the hate that Jailton Almeida is getting for this. Yeah, I get it. I mean, it's weird seeing like fighters talk about it. Like we we watch fights to see, <laughs> but it's like we talked about that. I, I I literally think this was said on the podcast last week that I think Jailton Almeida is going to do this to Derek Lewis, and he should. Like that, <laughs> this is how you should fight Derek Lewis. No one's just been able to do it consistently for five rounds or for yeah. a whole fight. I'm not gonna let him punch me when Derek. A couple of the times when Derek Lewis is over him, like hitting him, trying to get. It's like he has so much torque and all of it. It's exactly what it did. Now, was it the most exciting heavyweight uh, main event? No, it wasn't. It was at that point. I was like, okay, I'm glad this is the last fight. I'm done mm-hmm. watching fights tonight. Mm-hmm. But as far as game plan does, uh, you can't blame him at all. He did exactly what he needed to do, and he got a win against Derek Lewis. Good for him. Yeah, you have a guy who started his career at welterweight. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> Grappling Insane. against a guy who weighed in at 265 you better believe Derek Lewis was 270 plus yeah, yeah, come yeah. fight night yeah so he's giving up at least 30 pounds and just absolutely controlled him when guys that weigh 260 could not hold Derek Lewis down yes the the skill involved to do it he did everyone's like oh he's exhausted fuck yeah he is the biggest strong the strongest guy in the UFC right now he didn't let him stand up yeah and when he did, he dragged him back down. And how terrified was he when he shot late and the sh- shots were coming a little slower yeah, yeah. and that uppercut was coming, yeah. but he still managed to do it. He hunted up submissions the entire first round. And I think after a while, he's like, hey, he has good sub defense. He's not doing anything to put himself at risk. So I'm just going to control this man. And and if we if we put and it's not a really good parallel, but just just play along, man. If he stood up and he just jabbed him and didn't get hit the whole fight, he didn't really go in for power shots. He just jabbed and kept him at distance. It's the same thing, right? It, you mm-hmm. didn't let Derek Lewis tee off on your face, you know. Like, and that's a beautiful thing because you like brain cells. I, I, I agree with you. Any hate that he's getting, it's like I get it. We want to see exciting fights, but we get to see exciting fights with him if he wins because he's going to go up in the ladder. And yes. I thought it was a beautiful performance in the terms of sticking to a game plan and not letting any ego get involved. You're in front of your home crowd. They're not really excited because they were excited, you know, first two rounds and it kind of got a little dampered, but you're in front of your hometown. You're not trying to prove a point other than I'm better. And, and some of those takedowns were easy. Some mm-hmm. of them were, I mean, it looked like Derek Lewis was 205 pounds. Oh, and the he, strength yeah. when he scooped him on yeah. a couple of those was like, Holy shit. It, it was, it was, it was super impressive. Like I said, like we said last week, this is what's probably going to happen. We just didn't think that Derek Lewis wouldn't be able to get back up, and he just had a really hard time. He got up a couple times. 
But it was like, if I'm ready to take you down, you're coming down eventually. So yeah. good for him. No. I thought it was really interesting the adjustments that Almeida made stylistically to prevent the explosions up that Lewis normally does. How he was kind of hovering over him at times, not even putting his weight yeah. really on him. It was very interesting. And to me, that that was a 25-minute advertisement for jiu-jitsu and wrestling. Of course. Right? Because you have a guy who clearly is the smaller man, and I get it, freaking Almeida's traps go up to his ears and you know and he looks like he can fight but ultimately a guy who was way outsized by another very skilled individual and completely nullified him yeah the fact that there was six strikes that almeida absorbed in the first round and that was more than all five of his other ufc fights combined like this guy is the hamzat the khabib i mean he is that at heavyweight, which is really, really impressive. Yeah, especially with the heavyweight division. That's kind of like, it's ex it's getting exciting. Like, we have some things that are going up from the mix-up. We'll see what happens to Jones. But the really telling thing is that he, quote, only got six of his 15 takedowns. But it feels like he was taking him down all night. Just because once he got him there, it's first round, four minutes and 36 seconds of control time. Second round, 419. Third, 357. Fourth, 423. Fifth, 355. That's so long. Imagine... One of those rounds, someone's just on top of you, not letting you do what you do. You have five. It's 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 impressive. Yes, he had 21 minutes of control time in a 25-minute fight, and people are getting mad at him. That's on Derek Lewis. Yes. That, that is not on Jailton Almeida, and I hated, and normally I'm a huge fan of Mark Goddard, the fact that he was telling him he needed to work from the mount. Correct. That's not on Jailton Almeida. Nope. He is an absolute control of that fight in a dominant position. I get it. You want him to try to do damage. You want him to try to submit him. But ultimately, he is controlling the fight is taking place exactly how he wants it to. So why should he lose that position because people are booing? It's insane. And to be fair, Derek Lewis's submission defense was amazing. Like, mm -hmm. it, it was, it, you hear, you know, Bisbing talking about it. You hear Dom talking about it. What he's doing is keeping himself out of trouble. So Giles Tomad, it wasn't like he wasn't trying. It's just there's really dire consequences if he gets up. I'm going to make sure that if I'm going for something, I got it. You know, like mm -hmm. I got it because if he like explodes back up and now we're and I can't get him down next time. Luckily, he got him down every time, almost every time, mm -hmm. or less than half, but when he needed to. Yeah, because if he got wouldn't him down have, every round. Yeah, but if <laughs> yeah, there you go. But if he wouldn't have. Maybe he's unconscious, and then now I have to deal with the fact, okay, I lost to try to impress other people. And and mm -hmm. I mean, like what he said afterwards. It's like, you know, in the post-fight, he's like, I, I stuck to my game plan. I'm good. Good for him. And that's not the performance that we've seen from him any other time. Yep. So, like, guys, let's let's pump the brakes on saying he's, you know, not exciting and also because every other fight has been extraordinarily exciting. Yeah. So really, really awesome to see. I really appreciated it. I think you rebook the Blades fight. I don't think they're going to do him any favors after that fight. Sure. We know how the UFC operates. He called out gone, and I would too if I was him. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm a grappler. This guy is a huge name, and he can't wrestle. I'm going for him. And, and you can't expect it. anything else to happen, except for Gon's a little bit more bouncy, you know, mm -hmm. slick. So. Yeah, but also Gon doesn't have the one punch that okay. Derek Lewis has, so he might put himself in a little more danger. Correct. I get it. Great call out. I think they rebook Blades. I would hate if they make him fight down again just based on the performance. Yeah, I think they, they just need to do Blades. 
yeah. do that. Yeah. I mean, because that's going to be a fun fight, too. So Yeah, agreed. Now, the performance, I thought, of the night was old Danish Dynamite. Jesus. Jesus. Broke him. We hate to say it, but broke him. Yeah, I mean, like... That first round was so good for Bonfi. And I'm like, and and here's the thing. I'm watching this by myself, and I was like, ah, he's not going to be able to keep that up. As soon as Dolby wasn't out of it in the first round, I was like, I'm going to wonder if we're going to start seeing some momentum change. And it happened. I mean, as soon as Bonfim looked up at the clock, and it was like, it's like he was like, I'm too tired for this right now. It, it was such a night and day different. And when you have someone like Dolby in your face, I can't imagine, but Bonfim. If you're going to be a, a champion and everything, I mean, this is a good learning lesson for him, but you have to be able to keep that up for more than one round. It, it, it was Dolby. Dolby just, yeah, like you said, he broke him. Yeah, and it was a, I thought Bonfim was going to be okay because at the end of the first round, that ground and pound, mm. and it was like, oh, if he can get him down again, yeah. like that is, he's not using a ton of energy there and he's going to be able to, he could ride this out for the next two rounds because I didn't think he was going to finish Dolby just because of who Dolby is. Correct. But then, yeah, when you saw that, it was almost a change in his eyes where he cracked him and Dolby just kept coming forward in the second round. And it was like, a, oh, God, like I don't have the power I had in the first round and this guy's still walking at me. It was impressive. And yeah, we I hate to say it, but we called it yeah. last week, right? Like Dolby is going to hold a mirror up to this man and show him who he is. Dragged him into deep waters. He drowned him. Yep. I mean, that was a. It reminded me of the the Gregor Gillespie performance that, that we talked about uh, last time or previously. Where, yeah, he was tired too, but he just knew I'm I'm not. I can operate in this one, yep. and I don't know if this other guy can. And I'm going to make him prove to me that he can. And awesome. And Bonfim didn't look like he could. It's going to be real interesting to see what happens with Bonfim Ness because maybe. Uh, you know, you hear you hear people talk about why some people have endurance, some people don't. You know, like, uh, I think it was, I don't remember who it was, uh, the name will come to me, but just talking about, like, why Conor McGregor's so strong and he didn't have cardio. It's because, like, the that that strength comes at a price, whatever. <laughs> Bonfim has, but the problem with Dolby is, like, he's, he's 38, and it's just like, you know, he, you could tell he's this grinding type of guy, but really... What is the UFC going to do with him next? I don't know if he gets his top 15. No, I don't know. Yeah, I. there's some interesting things there, and it depends on how you want your younger fighters or your, shall we say, like maybe less experienced type fighters, how you want them to go. Because yep. I think the two paths for Dolby with guys in the top 15, you know, maybe he takes on a Kiesa if Kiesa is still fighting. Ooh. right? Because then it's a... There's your top 15 matchup. They're not worried about tarnishing another prospect. So either way, you know, let's see what Dolby's made of. If Kiesa wins, great. We still don't really have to push him much. But now we know what we have in Dolby coming off of this streak. If he wins, cool. Now you give him one of those top 10 guys and like, hey, Dolby, here's here's your chance to make your run because he is 38. Yeah. They do that. or. Fakhradinov, hey, Jack Della, we want to test you. We want to know if you're that guy yeah. that's going to be able to do it. You know, you run the risk of tarnishing another one of your prospects, another one of your shiny objects that you have here. But he could be 
the you know quote unquote new Neil Magny like we talked about, but with more dire consequences. Because if this is the fight that plays out Bonfim versus Magny, I don't know if Bonfim gets gets taken out like this. He might have tired out, but I don't know if he gets taken out. So so that that might be true. I actually like that point uh, because there was a part in me, and I'd have to rewatch it, but in the moment, I was like, when he crumbled down to the ground, I was like, that didn't look like a crumble because I got tagged. It looked like a crumble because like I can't, like I'm exhausted. So I don't know if Neil Magny would have been able to stop him the same way because the pressure was just insane. Because Dolby's that type of fighter. Like, Neil Magny's in your face, but Dolby's pressure. Mm-hmm. It would be it would be interesting, like you, the Della Maddalena, because who was it versus Hafez? It was kind of yes. it was kind of like okay, you know, you see what happens when you have some adversity, and mm-hmm. uh, Dolby just doesn't care about adversity. Apparently, that's the only way he knows how to fight. So I don't. I, whatever they do with him, you got to give him. Give give Dolby what he want, but Bonfim, go back to camp and just and just work on that and that maybe the pacing. You know, mm-hmm. I guess when you're used to being able to get people out pretty quick, work on the pacing. If that can drag out to the third round, you're good. But unfortunately, it is a little mental setback for fans because mm-hmm. it's like, well, we don't expect him to be able to go five rounds. If he can't do two, I don't expect him to do five for a championship. So, oh yeah, and now I am very very excited for his next fight even oh, yeah, though he, he just lost how he yeah. didn't and i think i think a big part of him crumbling like that was the just onslaught of knees he ate he oh ate a God. ton of knees at the end and the last one did because initially i was thinking yeah he just kind of crumbled the last one hit him clean okay it caught it Fair. caught the chin clean but i i want to see now how does this guy respond he's yes. 26 years old he was 15 and 0 with 15 finishes now that he knows he's not superman what does he look like moving forward? Does he address the issues or is it a, does he think it was just a cardio thing and all oh, my cardio has got to get better? Does it, is it a mental block now? I, I want to see what that looks like for Gabriel Bonfi moving forward, because this is one of those pivot points in your career. You're either going to overcome this and continue on the path you were on, or, or this is kind of it for your title aspirations this early in your career. And you are, that mental block will never go away. So yeah. I'm I'm really interested to see if that block is there now. Well, talking about pivot points, uh, kind of getting off of Bonfim a little bit for Ruiz. Is a pivot point that she's too small to fight in this division? Uh, yeah. Dude, it was insane. Like the um Mora, more is it just Mora? <laughs> Maura, yeah. Just looked like like you said it, different division, different weight class. One hundred oh, yeah. I, I know they said it on the broadcast too, but I didn't really I didn't really even know. I, I didn't watch the weigh-ins this week, so I didn't really notice the difference or the stare downs. And when I saw them, when when they finally got to, the, I was like, "Whoa, dude, mm-hmm. it's different." It's just it was it was huge, huge. Difference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, realistically, Canejo Ruiz could could make one hundred five. Yeah, if, if she needed to, right? Like you look at her build; she's five foot tall. She's carrying a little like extra weight on her, not that she's fat or anything, but just like a thicker build. Yeah. Whereas you look at Mara and it's that athletic, lean build, right? Even, even not even not different the fight. body types. Yeah, even not in yeah. the fight. It's like she looked like she looked like she was in incredible shape, but she also looked like uh just her body just looked like like a like a sturdy fighter. It was yeah. it, and then and then the performance was like, okay, well, you know, like you yeah. you 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 didn't have any any danger coming your way. At yeah, all. she had almost a little bit of the like Shevchenko build of just like a very muscular like 
lean athlete, which we don't always see in women's yeah. MMA. If she can get the weight stuff under control, and I understand there's some health stuff there with endometriosis. I'm by no means a doctor, so I'm not even going to dive into that. But if she can get the weight stuff under control, she has talked about wanting to be a two-division champion. You know, obviously, later in her career, she's going to have to go to flyweight just yeah. with her size. But she is beyond exciting. Oh, yeah. You know, she's 10 to 0. I think she has nine finishes. Maybe all 10 have been by finish. You don't see it at at straw weight that many finishes. One of the things that I had thought about for her on the contender series was okay, her ground and pound could use a little work. It's just kind of chipping away. There, yeah. There's not a ton of power, but she was fucking up Kaneho with the ground and pound. I mean, you saw it almost came out of nowhere when they stopped the fight and you look at Kaneho's face and you're like, oh my God, like she got brutalized in yeah, because, that fight. Because it didn't look like necessarily like the the hardest shots, but you saw the aggression in her, like even in her face the, when it ended, you see the aggression, like she's there to hurt you and she can. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, I, I, I don't know much about Mora. I cannot wait to see her next fight because with her size, it's going to be a problem. You know, like you said, if she can keep weight because, you know, then she's going to have to go up. But if she can stay in this division, make weight, it's going to be a problem because she big. She big girl. Yeah. Yeah. And with a, she trains with Gileton Almeida, with that grappling heavy style, the only other person really at the weight class that has that, well, I guess you could say Wei Lee because Wei Lee has become very grappling heavy, mm. but it is a Tatiana Suarez. Yes. I was just thinking right? that, man. Yeah, there's some very intriguing matchups. You know, ultimately, you get up there with the Mackenzie Derns of the world. There's the, John Jadoba. Like, there's going to be some some fun matchups for her. Got to keep the weight under control. Pretty good call out. She called out uh, Diana Belpita, who is not doesn't have the best record, but is a big presence on social media. You're going to get your name out there if you beat her. I think from a threat standpoint. It's not that threatening of a fight. So I think it was a really, really good call out. And I'm very excited to see her next fight. Anytime you see somebody just control and maul like that, that that gets the juices flowing. Yeah, especially in a division that's pretty good. Like this division's not garbage. You know, it's it, it might not be the most stacked division, but you got some like killers in the division. You got names in the division. She's taking her time moving up. She's I mean, she she didn't call out a top 15, right? She mm -hmm. she's like, I, I know where I'm at. And that's okay. If that's your mindset, then I'm I'm cool with that. Come back and let's see what happens next. I can't wait for her next fight. And yeah, she and didn't take a damage, so she can fight soon. Oh yeah, and especially like 115 is starting to look for prospects. Yeah, right? the the division is starting to get a little older. Last week or a couple of weeks ago at 294, we thought maybe Dudakova could be that next prospect. Had a bit of a lackluster performance, and now there was another fighter on this card with Denise Gomes, whereas like, you know, is this that next prospect? She got the chance, didn't necessarily, you know, didn't live up to the hype. No. To to be completely honest, that that Angela Hill test was one that she could not pass. And and we we will say this, and I know you had to have thought this, there's levels. There's just levels. Mm -hmm. And Angela Hill showed that you're just not on that level. It was I mean, for Angela Hill, it was like, whoa, dude, what a perform what what a way to bounce back from a pretty devastating, you know, get I mean, she she got she got handled her in her <laughs> last fight. 
There's against Dern? Oh, yeah. Yeah, against Mackenzie Dern. It, she showed there was levels, and it's like, God, she's so good. Like, <laughs> if you forgot because you thought Mackenzie Dern, you know, it's like, nope, Angela Hill just maybe she had an off night or whatever, but levels to the game, and she showed it, and Gomes, Gomes, now she knows. Gomes knows now. Yeah. Yeah. She's 23 years old. Young. Like ultimately she has a ways to go. What worries me a little bit is there was some Jessica and Drage there. Okay. Of just the winging hooks, you know, missing wildly. And it's like, yes, if she connects, she's going to hurt people. She's shown that in her previous two fights. Yep. But if she's just going to stand there and wing hooks at people, this is going to happen. Yeah. But also at 38 years old, I think this is the best version of Angela Hill we've ever seen. She was mixing everything together so well. She's always been this kind of like touch-touch Muay Thai fighter, right? And she's had little spurts where there's stuff on the ground where it's like, oh, that's good. Like, that's good groundwork that she's doing. But this time, the clinch work, the cage work, the grappling, the Muay Thai, it all came together in a very just evolved product you know this is like the best version that i think we've seen i i love seeing that for somebody who's 38 years old right she's continuing to improve like hey if you're gonna like make me fight these prospects like i'm gonna show them who they are and that was good on angela hill and and i think you know i'm gonna cut you off but and i've obviously she she got touched but i didn't feel like she took damage right so like you're 38 years old you're beating this prospect where everyone's excited about and dangerous you didn't really take damage, and you just show that you know I'm I'm not here to. Angela still Angela Hill still has what it seems like like if I can make a run, I will. I'm not just here for a paycheck. You love it. She got a great personality as well. But you're right. This might have been I I'm I was trying to think when you just said it like what's a better performance? But she just looks so good. She just <laughs> looked so good last night. It's a shame that unfortunately she might be the equivalent of like the Neil Magny in her in her weight class. You know. That it's also hard because she's been around so long and she's been at the top top 15 of the division yeah. for so long that she has fought everybody. Yeah. I mean, absolutely everybody. You look at the rankings of, of people above her at this point. Uh, you know, Amanda Hebas, has she fought her? I think that's like one of the few that she has not actually fought, but she's fought just about everybody else. Dern. John Jadoba, Andraj, Lemosh, Yan Shaonan. Like she has fought everybody. And so, you know, she even said it. She's like, let me get some of those losses back. Yeah. <laughs> like, let me get some of those rematches because she has to rematch. Otherwise, she's going to be fighting down against prospects. And I think when somebody turns away a highly touted prospect like that and does it in that fashion, where it doesn't look like they belong in the cage together. Correct. She deserves to fight up, and and I want to see that for her, just having been a fan of hers ever since she came out to Hip Hop by Dead Press. <laughs> yeah, and and she deserves she deserves that type of thing. But you're right, when you fought everybody, and some of them are losses, some of them are wins, it's like, what do we, you, put you, you put us in a weird position, man, because mm-hmm. if Gomes would have beat her, then it's like, okay, you're there, but it's just like you're clearly not there, and – It'll be it'll be fun to see a young Gomes to see how she goes back and be like, okay, this is what that felt like. This is just what that felt like, you know. Yeah, and I think you know maybe you could give her the the winner of the upcoming. Ah, but she already beat Loopy. Yeah, I was gonna say you could potentially give her the winner of uh, Loopy Tabitha Ricci. Maybe if if Ricci wins that fight, you could you could have you could give Angela Hill that. But yeah, and so that Loopy Godinez win 
aged pretty well yes. for, for Angela Hill. Yep. You know, like it's, yeah, I think she gets forgotten because she has like the 500 record basically, yeah. but she came into the UFC having fought. I think she, she didn't have a, she had one, one pro fight prior to joining the UFC. Correct. Like, come on, come on. Uh, and this was a, a night where a lot of prospects got shown who they were mm-hmm. and got shown that they were not ready. Now, one who did show they were ready was Vitor Petrino. The power's different. Yep. Right. The the not I mean, the check hook to just shut him off and good on good on Goddard. This is why he's one of the best in the game, because there's other refs out there that would have let Bukowskis get get hit a couple more times. And he did not need to. His eyes rolled back when he was on the way down. He stumbled when he stood up. Yeah, because initially when he hit him, you know, he falls back and then he bounces right back up. I was like, oh, early. But then you're like, okay, maybe not. And 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 you talked about this and you've got me on this side of thinking where it's like this fight isn't for everything, right? It's not for all quote all the marbles. He got he got he got knocked out. He was out. <laughs> like this wasn't a oh, I got hurt and <laughs> No, it's like my man flat lands on his back and probably the landing woke him up. So you're out, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he just yeah. would have taken more unnecessary damage, but what a punch, like right to the, like just middle of the face. It's, uh, I don't want to get hit like that ever. Never, never. And here's a guy who's 10 fights into his, into his MMA career, 26 years old, already has three wins in the UFC. Yeah. Looked good. Take, take down, look loose. Didn't really look tired. Uh, that might be something I have to look back again. I don't remember him being tired in the second round, mm. but he just looked good. He just, he did. Like you said, if you're gonna if you're gonna be a prospect, if you're gonna show up, and when you show up, it's like, oh, I can't wait to see him fight next. Yeah. Now they have you know, some of the the calls on the internet are for him to get a top fifteen guy. Don't I understand there is a push you want to have a light heavyweight prospect with how muddied up the top of the division is at this point. Just don't rush this guy. Yeah. Right. Don't rush him, and also. Don't put him up against your your other prospects. I saw some people saying, oh, him versus Carlos Olberg. Yes, that would be a very fun fight. But I think Olberg's a step or two ahead of him right now. And why eliminate one of your prospects? This could be a make or break moment for Tyson Pedro, though, because Pedro was that prospect, got handled by Bukowskis in their fight. So I think that would be a very fun, intriguing matchup, at least for five minutes. Yeah. Uh, And and then there's some other ones out there, right? You have Kennedy and Zechiku. That could be a fun fight. You have, you know, do you give him an, a Kutalaba to to kind of have him show once again he can do it against a veteran? You still have Jimmy Crude out there. Like, there are other fights for this man to have where he doesn't need to just all of a sudden be taking on, and I get light heavyweights not necessarily a murderer's row, but... He doesn't need to be in there with a Khalil Roundtree with a Ryan Span. No. Like he's not, he's not ready for that yet. We saw that happen to Vulcan Ozdemir, and Ozdemir got to the title shot, but who? he never was that with who? No time, no, no time. Okay. And but we have never. He hasn't been able to get back to that. Yeah, right. Because he was rushing along a little fast, and you have to be careful at, at light heavyweight and heavyweight these bigger weight classes. Well, yeah, and to into your point, it's like what's what's the point? Because it isn't the like it's it's not the division that you're thinking like uh, you know bantamweight. I, I hate to. I know this is gonna be a theme, guys. Bantamweight everywhere. Yep. We're somehow yeah, yes. in there. Yes. But 
mm. you have someone kind of on the cusp of the top 15 that's exciting, if you get like four, five, six of those people like in middleweight and, and welterweight even, then it's exciting when they do get that push because now if I have to face if two people are in the bubble and have to face each other, well, we have four other people left that that also not eliminating. Let's let's do. I, he was exciting. He obviously got power. He's got some takedowns. I mean, let's 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 have him fight someone you know under, and then we'll get him there. We'll get him there. Yes. We're, we're about to see what's happening with the the belt, kind of maybe. <laughs> you know, yeah. like the real belt, the fake belt. I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, could you imagine if there is this buildup and Olberg and Petrino are on a a collision course yes. three years from now at the top of the division, the excitement around that. Yeah. Like, let, let's do that guys. Yeah. Let, It'd let's be awesome. do that. And I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat here. Well, not really tinfoil hat. Cause I'm pretty sure this is what happened. <laughs> so you saw that I had picked Vieira. Yeah. You had picked Petrosian. Correct. You knew that I was going to make up that win. Right. You knew that was going to happen. That was the only difference in our fight picks. And you were like, fuck, I picked wrong. Yeah. And so I don't know if you went down to Brazil, if you have friends down there, but you poisoned my man Petrosian. So you didn't have to take that out. So, so what actually proved me wrong? What, yeah. What, what actually happened was I was like, dude, it's embarrassing that he keeps choosing the wrong people. Let's like, he picked everybody else. Let me just get this one. Like, if you could just play sick, I gave him a couple dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the mm. exchange rate was pretty good. Nice. And, and it, it was for you, man. I love you. I love you, man. Yeah, I, pre- I, I, I appreciate just, that. I love you too, brother. I'm tired of hearing <laughs> every week, you know, I'm going to make it up. It's like, you don't have to make this one up, man. We're even. You know, doesn't it feel good to be even this week? <laughs> I don't good. know if that's what happened. No. <laughs> Moving along. Uh, so I, I had been saying all week uh, that I thought Renat Fakhradinov and uh, Eliseu Zaleski Dos Santos, we'll call him Capoeira, Capoeira from here on out because it's you. a lot easier to say, should have been the burr, 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 featured prelim. And it ended up being the burr, 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 because of the sickness to Petrosian since that fight got bumped from the main card, the Elvis Brenner, Kainan Kushevsky fight got moved up to the main card. You're so welcome. we did have, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So it was all love. I appreciate you, brother. <laughs> so we did get Capoeira and Renat, not Renob as our featured prelim. <laughs> and first thing I want to note is Capoeira came out to the final countdown and that got me Loved excited. it, dude. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know why you chose that, but hell yeah, dude. I'm not going to lie. I was, you know, because I was behind. I was fast forwarding. <laughs> and when I hit play and I heard it, I was like, oh, well, I'm rewinding and yeah. watching his whole walkout. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what he does. He could just literally walk. I'm going to yeah. fucking. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> yeah, it was. It made me happy. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> uh, but. One thing I noticed was it was almost like Fakhradinov was having too much fun. I agree because the first round it was like, "Ooh, man!" Like he 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 looked so good the first round, right? And mm-hmm. and obviously, just that round was him clearly. Mm-hmm. But it did look like he was having fun. Like the respect factor was there. He slowed down so much. It, it was really mm-hmm. weird to watch because when they were like Capoeira came out the second round, he looks better. He did. It's like it mm-hmm. woke him up. It was it was that fight was amazing this fight was amazing yeah. now we'll talk a little bit more in depth i will say this at the end of the fight i was like okay it's either two to one renob or it's a draw when they said draw i was like i get it i see it looking at the judges scorecards 
Now I'm a little confused. Yeah, now I'm a little confused. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like staring at Willem Dafoe. So it was when I heard the (laughs) 2928. When I heard 2928, I was like, okay, that that one's for Fakhradino. No, one judge gave Capoeira two and three, both 10 nines. I don't get it. And I, I don't see it round two. I understand the draw. There is a possibility of an argument to be made 10-8 for Fakhradinov in the first round. When you're looking at the criteria, I know there wasn't a ton of damage, but he did drop him. He hurt him. Yep. It looked like a finish was coming and then dominated the, mm-hmm. the rest of the round, right? So argument could be made for 10-8 uh, if you're fucking Mike Bell is like a 10-6 <laughs> or damn you, Mike Bell. Damn you, Mike uh, but Bell. what I noticed is Fakhradinov has a great straight right. He he's dropped his first two fights. He he dropped you know Brian Battle and Kevin Lee with the straight right. He started just winging yeah. hooks and got rid of the. That's why I thought he was having too much fun. He's sitting there smiling. He's like throwing crazy strikes. I think at one point he did a standing hammer fist, but there wasn't the that straight right which has been so good for him. No more. Yeah. And here's a guy who had 27 minutes of control time in his first two fights. And it's such a stupid stat. I can't get past it. It's so dumb. Only shot for one takedown after the first fight or after the first round. And so that was, it was weird. I I was, I didn't know what was going on. Now, granted, the body kicks, all that, like his gas tank was wearing out. Obviously, you wing crazy hooks and you miss, your gas tank's going to go. But just a a bit of a confusing performance. And then at the end when it got the liver shot and I I thought he was going to get finished, you know, and I was thinking, Oh man, he's going to lose this one. But yeah, uh, pump the brakes a little bit on the Fakhradinov hype train. I would not be surprised with how the UFC does things and them not being pleased with Fakhradinov, you know, smiling and dapping him up and not trying to treat this as if it's a fight for the last round. If they bump him out of the top 15 and put Dolby at number 15, would not surprise me. I, I, I don't know if they can do that just because because he didn't lose. I know it was a draw, but, you know, I, I get what you're saying. It could just be that Capoeira standing across from him. He just couldn't do what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a lot of also the giving credit to Capoeira, just like mentally, you can tell, yes. you can tell when people have that mental edge. And a lot of these fighters do. I'm not, I'm not saying like only a handful, but you can just see it like the first round. And then he goes to his corner and he comes back out stronger. You're like, Oh, you're that guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe Renat knows that he's that guy and couldn't stop. Him. And then like, maybe he just like pumped the brakes. Maybe it's, you know, they said how hot it was. And I don't know what it was, but you're right. He did. It was a lot of like playfulness in there. And I'm not a fighter, so I don't know mentally if if I'm being playful, if that means I'm in a good position or not. I there's a part of me that wanted to see that killer in him, and he he had it in the mm-hmm. first round. But yeah, after that, it was like you see everything, but that liver shot, man, oof, oof, it was filthy. Oh, yeah, the God. second it hit, you were like, oh, this is over. Oh, I rewound it like live. I was like, oh, let me just rewind it. I was like, oh my God, and I was like, this is going to be done. But then credit to Renob for not for not getting put out. I mean, it, this was a great fight, but you're right, the playfulness. It, it optically might not look good for the UFC for his career going forward because sometimes they do put that against you. So let me get this straight. The man has one draw. He still hasn't lost since Obama's second term. Nice. 
and you start calling him Renob because he has the the draw. Is that, that that what you're doing now? Um, I have to call him Renob because I would do a disservice to the fans and to myself and to you if I didn't. If I'm you, I'm going hard Tito. Renot. Renot. <laughs> Making sure this guy knows that I am not calling him a backwards boner. But it's funnier that way. Anyways. <laughs> I wouldn't say to his anyway. face. I wouldn't even like post it or anything. And if you ever heard it, I would apologize deeply. But, Profusely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but once again, I don't think it was a great fight. And I think I think Renot is still a he has not lost since 2014. Stupid. Still, stuff. yeah. Still, give him anybody. I'll I'll watch it. But another fight that seemed like a kind of glorified sparring match was the Kyle Bahalio Abu Magomedov. Man, watching that fight, that was genuinely like, am I looking at Willem Dafoe naked? Because <laughs> I was so confused as to what that performance was. Yeah. The one thing that I was thinking initially. You know, Bahalio does show that almost Pitbull brothers, Henry Cejudo, pseudo karate bouncing in and out. And I was like, oh, this is really intelligent because he's throwing all these feints. And so he's potentially testing the gas tank of a guy who has shown he doesn't have the best gas tank without having to really do much. Right. He's moving around a lot. He's fainting a ton, but he's not having to really engage and is potentially wearing out his gas tank. But then that just kind of went on for the duration until the third round. Yep. And then he picked it up in the third round. It had him hurt badly. He did. With that step and elbow. But then just kind of didn't go for the kill. It, you dropped him with the body shot. And then he just kind of took him his back and was talking to him. Yep. And I thought that was... And in a language that he doesn't understand. Continue. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was confusing because this was an opportunity... To you're on the main card. It hasn't been, it had not been the most exciting card up until that point from a finishes standpoint. But then you had you're coming off Petrino, you're coming off the the featured prelim with Renat, Renat, (laughs) (laughs) and Capoeira. And then you have the Brenner knockout. And then it just kind of comes to a screeching halt here with this performance. And it, I thought it was a really good opportunity for Bahalio coming off of the finish in his last fight to be able to be like, yes, I am better than these other middleweight guys. I'm better than Kapilov. I'm better than body bags with a Z. But he didn't do it. Yeah, and, and it's a shame, too, because Magomedov had something to prove for himself, right? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, in the third round, he looked slower again, right? So it's like you might not be that guy that, like, if you don't finish it, two of the judges gave Magomedov the first round. So mm-hmm. for Bahalio to come out and and not even like score that with 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 a hype around him, but you're you're right that fight after it was done, I was like, huh, I didn't know what to think about mm-hmm. it. It was just like you didn't do yourself any favors, man. You just didn't like you got the dub, and that's always what you need to do. You just didn't mm-hmm. just do yourself any favors, and and then we talked about it a little bit last night the callouts. It's like yeah, I get why you're calling out DDP. Because I would too. I'm just gonna call out everybody because what's the worst thing to happen? You're not gonna give them to me. Yeah. But like we're not even talking about getting a top fifteen off of that performance, bro. No. No. If you do get and he has the second longest win streak in the middleweight division yeah. at this point. So I I get it. But I think that I think that he is 
if you give him a top 15, maybe Fluffy Hernandez, maybe Nasruddin Imovov. But other than that, if I'm the UFC, I'm like, hey, we're feeding you to Ikram. Ooh. You know, we're we're gonna we're gonna let him try to make his name off you because this is the second time that we have seen Bahalio put on a, a strange performance like this. Mm-hmm. He won on the contender series, and Dana White was like, Yeah, I don't think you did enough. You have to show me again in a few weeks. So that's already on the UFC's radar yeah. of here's a guy who's gonna put on some just weird performances and it happened on a very big stage where he had an opportunity to melt the guy like realistically with Bahalio's style the fact that he didn't even I think he shot for one takedown mm. and that was it the entire fight it didn't go to the ground until he dropped him with the body shot and that's that's bizarre that is confusing and I don't know why he did not try to take the fight to the ground and, and try to wear out this guy's gas tank. It was, it was a very different type of performance. Yeah, and I, and I don't know if one of the reasons, uh, what's his name? Bahalio called out like a DDP because Abus lost to Strickland, strong Strickland got a title shot off it, but it's just, it's not the same, right? It's just not yeah. the same because you yeah, didn't realize. Say that again. So vanilla no, eyes, it's not the same. It's not the same. It, it just wasn't the performance where you you go, okay, well, this this deserves that thing because Strickland broke a guy. Like he mm-hmm. literally broke a guy, you know? So mm, yeah. I'm still excited for Bahalia. I'm not like one of these people that I'm not gonna write him off, but yeah, we gotta pump the brakes a little bit, right? Like like you always say, nah, it's time. You just said it for Renat. Renat. You just said it for Renat. Pump the brakes a little bit. Let's 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 get you on there. Bahalio's gonna have to do that as well. Excited yeah. to see his next fight. Magomedov, man, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what you do with him now. I just don't yeah, yeah. he's not what they thought they signed. Yeah. Especially after he got that front kick knockout in his first fight. You know, he's he's just gonna be another guy on the roster. Yeah, unfortunately. Re- yeah. yeah, realistically. He, he he's his last two performances have been pretty lackluster and and one of yeah. them is against the champion so or the now champion yeah. you don't want to make everybody look bad yeah you don't want to make i mean he made izzy look bad which is okay so that win i'm like oh come on it was against strickland but against mm-hmm. bahalio it's like well you didn't look like amazing either so whatever another fight that happened it, it did kind of slow down everything mm-hmm. bahalio had an opportunity but he got his call outs and he's just not gonna get it yeah, yeah, they'll probably. I mean, if I'm them, I'm rebooking the Nurselton Roy Zabov. Yeah, but, but somebody did take advantage of an opportunity <sighs> because if Devon pulled out of the fight and then Petrosian, you poisoned Petrosian, and so got but I love you, man, the, <laughs> <laughs> got bumped to the main card. And what a way to start it off! That the the way and hearing Dom break it down of like the hook, the step through, the overhand, and it bounced off the opposite side of the head. Like that was the crazy part. Put him out. I mean, he this is a guy, and I get beating a guy who's in his first fight in the UFC is not the same as beating another prospect like Esteban. Esteban. But shutting off Gurum Kutataladze is a big, big deal. Right. And then you follow it up with this performance. Now you can potentially get a bottom of the top 15 type fight. And and a dope knockout in terms of, you know, across the face, pow, guys down, face first, like arms up like this, like he's crip walking. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. <laughs> and 
and just standing over him and just being like, okay, like knowing mm-hmm. that like it's over. Uh, it was like, come on, that's what you do. That's just what that's what you're supposed to do. When people do what they're supposed to do, it's like you showed out, you look good, it looked fun. Yeah, that was that was amazing. Yeah. And speaking of what you're supposed to do, you are supposed to go in on your podcast listening service of choice where you're listening to our wonderful voices right now. Hit that follow, hit that like, hit that subscribe. uh, So that way you get the episodes right when they drop. You get those notifications. Also go in and rate so we can move up the rankings. And then also go over to X, follow at number one BS pod. So you can see those fight picks that DJ is sabotaging, uh, as well as the featured prelim poll, which turned out not being for the actual featured prelim this week. Uh, And then when we do have our pay-per-view cards which we will have here coming up next week uh you can follow along with the live posting do it. and talking about do it talking about the pay-per-view coming up Ooh, there's just some very interesting intriguing fights it's msg so you know they're gonna load the card uh, we kind of have like the full gamut of fights of consequence interesting prospects i mean you look at a guy like steve ursig who's now ranked right came in first fight in the ufc upsets number 10 on short notice he is now number 14 and i mean just getting an opportunity now to show like hey this wasn't a fluke this didn't happen because i was you know because dvorak was not prepared to fight me yeah and so we're now he looked great against dvorak that's all i want to say he looked great against dvorak yeah, and he was supposed to be fighting Matt Schnell here, and that fight got got you know bumped a, a week and a half, two weeks out. Now taking on Alessandro Costa, but how does he carry over that momentum? Mm-hmm. Right, like that was a life changing performance against David Dvorak because you went from I think he had already been signed to the UFC, but had not fought yet, to now being top fifteen, awesome. and now you are fighting in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, awesome, good for him. Yeah, right. Cause, yes, because Alessandro Costa. What was Albazi looked great against mm-hmm. Albazi. So this is this is actually a really great fight. But like you said, for him, this wasn't a fluke. This is what I do. And if he comes out and does it again, it's like, yeah, this is who I am. And it's like, okay, cool. Now we got some cool flyweight and it's a new flyweight. That's exciting. Oh, yeah. You do that. And now you are setting yourself up as an Australian to be on the next pay-per-view in Australia yep. on the main card, right? Because even though Costa is not a top. 15 guy if he gets this win he's gonna start moving up in the rankings even higher like that is this is a huge opportunity and on, for, on, on one him. of the biggest msg's no joke dude so you gotta mm-hmm. show up like this your mental game's gotta be on point as as everything's gotta come in if the stars align yeah you're right this guy being being australian is gonna be so good for him <laughs> it's gonna be oh, so yeah. good for him yeah, because you know next time he's out there, they got his back. Just a, a very big opportunity for him. We also have a really big opportunity. Jo- Joshua Van and Kevin Borjas, very, very interesting in this fight. This was one that was supposed to happen on the Contender Series back in August, but one of, and this was patty-haired uh, Zuma Gulov. Nice. He had, yeah, his haircut was undefeated for a couple of weeks with fighters just like repeatedly <laughs> uh, French method pulling out. And so Van actually got the call to fight him and another guy took advantage of the opportunity, right? I get Jim McLaughlin does not have a good record, but the, 
you're going from potentially not being in the UFC, having to win a fight on the contender series in good fashion to get into the UFC, to making your debut. I think he was 21 years old at the time and gets the win. Yeah. I huge. So really, and you want to talk about a, a hell of a first performance. The second most significant strikes in UFC flyweight history. Jesus Christ. And it was a three rounder. Jesus Christ. Yes. Don't yes. hit me so much, guy. You know what I'm saying? Like this is this is I know this is for your paycheck, but chill. <laughs> and and that's the first decision of his career. Yeah. yeah. You know, up until that point, everything was a finish. Really nice. Nice striking. He's yeah. got a good one, too. And he is a guy that is just constant, constant pressure. Just nonstop walking you down. That That's what I think was the difference against Zuma Gulov. But standing across from him with Boras, 25 years old. Jesus. Right, nine and one, eight knockouts. And his last fight, which was on the Contender Series, was his first decision. Yeah. Right, These are two guys that... They finish fights, right? They're, <laughs> they they're going flow all over the place. Dude. Yes, they're going full chem flow. I mean, Borjas has great boxing as well, works the body. I mean, just it is going to be, I think, a very, very interesting matchup between two just wild strikers. And remind me, do you like body work or no? I, I, I'm partial okay. to it. Okay, I, yeah. I do enjoy a good, good rip to the okay. liver, okay. if yeah. you will. Um, now, both guys have been submitted. That's where their losses have come from. Van has a submission when Borjas does not. And Borjas did get taken down and held down a little bit yep. in his in his contender series fight. But this is going to be one that we very, very likely <laughs> to be talking about the winner of this fight, you know, come come Monday next week. And in, then, in, in a division that kind of needs something to happen, right? Like they, sure you have this one of the goats in that mm -hmm. in, as a champion, but we could use some, we could use some talent or some, some new fresh talent in the flyweight division. We really could. Yeah. 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 I mean, cause right now the one big prospect that you had was Albazi and he is a step away from the title. I think he gets, you know, the winner of Pantoja raw dog, you know, raw dogs, your other one, but he's fighting for the title. So yeah, you need to start bringing up some of these other younger guys into the top 15, like, Steve Ursick. Exactly. And, and it's just one of those things where it's like, I'm not going to be mad to see a division because at the top of this division is pretty dope, mm, but yes. uh, it's, it's they're, they're, they could use some help. So any exciting things happen, we'll see how this fight turns out. Yeah, I, I'm pumped for it. And you had mentioned uh, body work. And since we're talking body work, let's just go straight over to talking about Nazim Sidakov and Vyacheslav Borshov, a.k.a. Slava Claus. And nice. we will go with Slava Claus for the remainder because <laughs> it's a whole <laughs> hell of a lot easier Thank to you. say. Thank you. Yeah. And he does just filthy, filthy body work. But this is this is going to be a fun one because yeah. Sidakov has shown a well-rounded game. Like you, you watch the fight against McKinney. McKinney is a credentialed grappler, and the way that he that uh, Sidakov trapped the arm, went for the choke, like that was just gross. Like yeah. that was very, very talented. <laughs> the best way to say it, gross. <laughs> yeah, just fun to watch. And his first fight in the UFC was a crazy like brawl against Evan Elder that ended up. I mean, Elder was was in the fight I, th I thought potentially winning uh, up until that nasty nasty cut in the third round that opened up immediately so yeah. here is a guy that can grapple very very well but will also just engage in a firefight like he did against elder 
And Slava Claus, world-class kickboxer. Yeah. I mean, his losses have come when guys just wrestle him and hold him down. And I'm hoping Sidekov chooses violence and not victory. That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> I was like, I hope this is a stand-up where he's like, you know, I don't care if I think I can out-wrestle this guy. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to test my mettle. I just want yeah. to say, I want to just bleed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. That dude. Uh, but now... That being said, Slava Claus did stuff the one takedown yep. that Mahashate showed in their last fight. Uh, and speaking of that fight, after he melted Mahashate, I am so incredibly impressed with his ability to go directly into his dance, yep. his traditional Russian dance of, I mean, I don't even think Mahashate had fully like hit the ground yet. And he <laughs> was already boom in the dance. I mean, it was awesome. And ever since Slava was on the contender series. Here's a guy that I have just been excited to watch every fight. Now, obviously, some of those performances have been disappointing when he's just getting wrestled and held down. But when he gets an opportunity to unleash on the feet, it is fucking fun. And Sidakov, no joke, no joke. Oh, yeah, this is this is a this is a banger of a fight. So you're telling me that Slava Claus, you like his dance, but Shevchenko, you don't like her dance. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, well, (laughs) see, my thought on that is Shevchenko waits till the it's announced, right? And then she's like, hold on, watch me dance. It just seems like it's engraved in Slava Claus, (laughs) right? I knock you out, I dance, it's what I do. (laughs) Yeah, it's like the kind of disrespectful shit you see in, like, basketball or football where like big play and immediately they go into their celebration like <laughs> that's what it is yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like i could see well i definitely don't see slava as a basketball player but if my man like drilled the three just boom immediately like <laughs> going into the dance it's like man this is the right? first point of the game bro chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but yes yes i do enjoy slava's dance mm. uh valentina's not so much okay so you're not saying you don't like her moves you just don't like how she has to have the setup after the win yeah she danced over their opponents like limp body you'd be better with it yes if she immediately like boom head kick jessica i jumps over the body and then just starts (laughs) spinning okay awesome okay right but the like hey hold on here it goes don't like the presentation i'll I'll give you that much i'll give you that yeah and then (laughs) we also have two very very big fights of consequence in the strawweight division. Yeah. Right. We have, we'll start with the Mackenzie Dern, Jessica and Draj fight because a little more consequence, number seven, Dern, number five and Draj. But this is an opportunity for Dern. Can, can I just say something real quick? Does Andrade feel like number five? No. Yeah. That's, that's the weird thing about this matchup, right? And I know we've talked about it before, even, you know, outside of the podcast, it's like when it was rumored, it was like, Oh, because mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel like Andrade's number five. Now, I understand the consequence portion of it, especially for Dern. But if Andrade wins, I don't feel like, I don't know. I don't feel like her, her next fight is going to be contender. I don't know. It's just, this, this, it's, a weird, it's a weird matchup. Yeah, she lost her last two fights at strawweight. Yeah. Right. And she's so, five, dude. Yeah. Now, granted, those losses were to number two and number three. I get it. But the only reason Tatiana Suarez is number three is because she beat Andrade. Yeah. She hadn't fought in at straw weight in four years. And all of a sudden she's ranked number three and I get undefeated, all of those things, but doesn't make a ton of sense. However, there is, this is an interesting test for Dern 
because Dern looked very, very violent in her in her fight against Angela Hill. Yeah. And it's funny that we're talking about there's levels to it with Angela Hill and Denise Gomes, yeah. because that's what we were talking about with Dern and Hill is, yeah. hey, there's levels to it. And Dern's on a different mm-hmm. level. At least for one but, fight. At least for one. Yes. Fight was, yeah. Yes. And in the past, Dern like closes her eyes in some striking exchanges and it hasn't. It looks very unnatural for mm-hmm. her, but it didn't in the Hill fight. Now, was that, hey, I know what's coming back at me, can't hurt me too bad. So, you know, I'm not as concerned. If that's the case, that's not going to happen with Andrade. Because yeah. regardless, the game passing Andrade by, if that's how you feel, she still has power. Right? She can still hurt you if she hits you. And so really intrigued with that to, to see how Dern handles that. Because you look at her performance against Hill. I mean, she... The takedowns still aren't where they need to be, and sure. she does put herself in danger because she does the the throw that works so well in women's MMA with the head and arm. But if that doesn't work, you're putting you're putting yourself in a pretty bad spot. And so that part of her game still needs work. But her willingness to engage in the ground and pound, which she had not done previously, I thought was very very intriguing yeah and she and she had some more violence to her that night and it could just be that you know she was going through some things so when she finally came back you know maybe it's that emotional release like i'm back to a familiar place i'm back somewhere i can control i can you know you can't control the outcome of a fight but you can control your input and it could just be like all the stars aligned for this i don't think it's going to be a good look if Dern loses i just don't think it's going to be a good look for her future because andrage she just hasn't looked like Andrade in the last three mm-hmm. fights. Yeah. And so we'll see what, I mean, she's what in her last three fights, she's got stopped all three times. Correct. So. Yeah. Mm, I yeah. mean, Dern has to go out there and do it. But the problem with Andrade is that if there's that bulldog still in her, she can still, I mean, she can still hit you hard. You know, she can tag you. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how this one comes out. You, you would imagine this is a fight made for Dern to win, but who knows? Right. Yeah. Knows? You would think so. Main card, Madison square garden. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you would think this is set up for her to, okay, you're now going to be one of the next contenders. And if she shows like she did against Angela Hill, then yes. Because once she realized, like, hey, and she openly talked about it, it's not just get somebody down and go for the submission. I have to do things to get there and I don't need to race to the submission. And if I can't get it, cool, let me hold position. Let me soften them up with some ground and pound. And that was the most impressive thing in her Hill fight to me was that aggression and the willingness to sit in a position and hurt. She hurt Angela Hill. She did. To sit there and hurt Angela Hill to then try to open up the submission attempts, I thought was, it was beautiful. It it was awesome to see in the evolution of a fighter. And I want to see if she continues to evolve. Hopefully she does, yeah. We'll see how how it turns out. But like, if she wins, like you said, she's top five now, for sure, Mm -hmm. right? She's at least number five Mm -hmm. with the, with title aspirations finally really within her grasp. If not, ooh, ooh. No, yeah, if, if not, she's not going to be a title contender. Yeah, right. Correct. And it's it's amazing how quickly the story changes because with Mackenzie Dern, you know, just even a couple fights ago, the Shonen Yan fight, yeah, we were like, oh yeah, Dern never is never going to live up to what we thought. She's yep. not evolving. She's just a jujitsu player and is not a well-rounded mixed martial artist. Well, then she comes back, you know what is that seven months later and looks like a totally different fighter. So if she can continue to make those leaps, I'm very excited 
to see what it looks like. Another one that I'm excited about at that same division is the featured prelim. We have Baby Shark, Tabitha Ricci, and Lupi Godinez, and that is number 10 versus number 13. How does she not come out to that song, Baby Shark? Anyways, I don't. Continue. Yeah, yeah, definitely a missed opportunity. The, the whole crowd would sing it. Everyone would sing it. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine walking out of your shirt? <laughs> Baby Shark. Do, 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 do. I mean, everybody would, get, would sing it, you know? Oh, the whole crowd. Do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah, it would be awesome. She, Especially a whole bunch they, of people drunk, like just living, having fun. Oh, Most yeah. of those people probably have kids anyways that have heard the fucking song. And it's like, well, that's oh, funny. Yeah. You know, I would. I would sing. Yeah. Like, hey, Tabitha, let's make some some better career choices come here. on like, now listen to yeah. the podcast man you like and subscribe yeah. and you'll get some good ideas <laughs> exactly exactly the ufc matchmakers have started stealing our ideas below mm. bobby green dan hooker mm. um <laughs> but watching watching tabitha Ricci, she's so fast and she's little right she is a short straw weight but she's so fast tons of stance switching the boxing is is crisp and when you look at she's nine and one and her only loss was her debut fighting up a weight class and she's she's muscled up but she's short even yep. for a straw weight and she's fighting up a weight class against Manon Fior. Fior. Okay. So Oh, is Manon you know, is she good or Yeah, she's okay. Oh, okay. She's okay. She also said like, "Hey, do I just need to move up to bantamweight to get a title shot?" which is pretty <laughs> funny. Oh. But yeah, so Richie, no one's really been able to to expose her game other than a title contender up a weight class. Yep. But then you turn around, and you got Lupi Godinez, who almost seemed like she was in a rush to get there. And she, I mean, she fought twice in like a week and was not evolving. It was like she was always in camp, so she wasn't getting better. Yeah. And then she took a step back. And in her last fight against Elise Reed, looked amazing. And and, uh, and on, on a card that was very big eyes. It wasn't a pay-per-view, oh yeah. but it was a pay-per-view feel. Right. So mm-hmm. so you think that maybe the moment of Madison Square Garden might not get to her because Noche was a big card. Right. Oh, it was a big card. Huge card. Yeah. And that was one where we were questioning, did she deserve to be in the <laughs> that was the one where we were like, bur, bur, bur. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like we just especially with Roman Coppola fighting right before. Yeah. But she proved it. I mean, I don't know if Elise Reed's arm is healed yet. Dude, that it, thing it, was, it was so disgusting. And and she she beat her up. I mean, at least Reed, credit to being tough. But when you're saying credit to being tough, that slam that she did, like she you no, know, mm. like pieced her up, slammed her on the ground. It was like it it was she was out there to prove a point, and and it was it was fun to watch her do that. But Richie's no joke, dude. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, no and- joke. And when you look at it, this is an opportunity to winner's going to be in the top 10 because of the Dern and Drage fight, right? The loser of that fight will probably drop out of the top 10. And if Richie or, or Godinez puts on a great performance, they'll be in the top 10, I think. Mm. And this is an opportunity to, to make a name for yourself, right? Madison Square Garden, Godinez made a name on, on the last opportunity she had. Huge card, Noche, featured prelim. She gets the opportunity to do it again now. Yep. And now Ricci, who kind of feels like she's going under the radar a, a little bit, especially for, for somebody. She is ranked 10, and she's still like flying under the radar here. And so really big career moment 
I think for for both of these women because you get this win now you are talking about being able to fight the Marina Rodriguez is the Andrages, the Lemoshes, you know, you are starting to see that. Yeah, and this seems like it's going to be a three-round full fight, right? This seems like mm-hmm. it's going to be a decision. Yep. But like you're saying, man, sometimes you're on these cards and it's like, this is my opportunity to for the UFC to notice me and be like, okay, we're, we're ready to take that chance. Both of these feel like they're ready to take the chance to be, mm-hmm. be, be you know, like to get the competition. So whoever wins, it's it should be, unless it's just like an awful fight, which those happen. Yeah. But if, they, if it's a good fight and one of them stops the other or it's just a close fight and it, it was impactful, it's like you might be off to the races at this point. Oh, you, know, yeah. start, I, you might be off to the races. Yeah, winner is probably... Two fights away Ooh, from, you from being so. in title talks. Even yeah. even like with I mean, with Godinez being, you know, ranked 13, you think that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I think if she wins, she'll probably take Richie's number 10. If Richie wins, Richie will, will move up in actually inside of the top 10. Yep. And so then I think you are a Lemos fight, a Mackenzie Dern fight. You're You're... You win that one, and then you get your kind of title eliminator type sure. fight. I really think so. I'm yeah. not mad at it. Now, one thing to be aware of is Lupi Godinez has had Diego Lopez in her corner, and yep. he has been a big part of her improvement. Ever since the Angela Hill fight, she's looked like a totally different fighter. Not going to be in her corner for this fight because he is fighting on the same card against Pat Sabatini. Let's talk about it because I'm Ooh. so ready for that fight, man. I'm Ooh. such a Diego Lopez fan. I'm such a Pat Sabatini fan. I don't want to see either of them lose, but I'm ready to see it. I'm ready to see oh, this match. It's just going to be fun. I mean, Lopez had lost on the contender series, comes in on short notice against a top 10 ranked Mosar Evloyev when Thug Nasty was supposed to be fighting mm-hmm. Evloyev and threatened him a few times now like clearly lost the fight sure but put evloyev in danger to the point where i remember after that fight us going well i can't wait to watch this guy fight again <laughs> with his emo haircut but, worst haircut of all times but go ahead hey hey whoa whoa um not worse than the mullets that we see fair yeah maybe 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 i don't know i don't like it emo versus mullet yeah, yeah. hard to say but he, he's been exciting and then he comes in on his like actual having a camp for his fight and just puts on a, an amazing, amazing performance. What was it like two minutes, minute and a half minute and a half against Gavin Tucker, where he then just so confident in his ground game. He jumped to a triangle during the takedown was fighting back and forth, triangle arm bar, triangle arm bar and locked it in as he was rolling to mount yeah and just stood up and walked away because yeah. he felt tucker tap and <sighs> is a nice person and didn't want to just break his arm and that's that kind of like gangster shit that you see where it's like i know i have this and you you get to see walk-off ko's how many times you get to see a walk-off submission right versus mm-hmm. like i got him you know don't worry about it he's, he's done it was it was awesome to see and and he needed the win he needed the win right yes yeah because there were there was hype even coming off the loss yep. of evloya and it, to me, it's really interesting when you see some of these fighters that are also coaches, mm-hmm. because I think it has them approach the game differently. Like, here's a guy who is a one of the primary coaches for the flyweight champ in Alexa Grasso. Yep. Luby Godinez, who we see is on a run. Arena Aldana, who fought for a championship. Now, it wasn't a great performance, but has put on some really good performances and was in place to fight for a championship. Yep. 
So you have all of that going into it too, where you know the game is his life right now. Because when he's not doing it for himself, he's doing it for others. Correct. And so that is just now, awesome. Now it could be a symptom of also like, you know, how how selfish can he be in his own preparation, right? M- maybe mm-hmm. his mental game's there, but like how selfish can I be when I do have an obligation to other people? So we'll see, you know, if, if he can continue being successful. But we we don't see this happen a lot. It's rare for a reason because as a fighter, there are there's a difference between not being in camp helping out your your people and then being in camp and having to like train other people. So yeah. you know, it 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 makes him seem like a it, it gives him a little wrinkle for his for his story. But it's also mm-hmm. like at some point if you're if you're not going to string together wins, you gotta that selfishness has to come in at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And standing across from him is a scary scary person in pat sabatini like you you look at what he did and i get he had the loss to damon jackson if you know the story surrounding that damon jackson's brother had passed like that week just a you know not not the normal fight to to say the least but sabatini rebounded against lucas almeida holy shit just smothered smothered him and it wasn't just a pressure deal. It was pressure. I'm going to make you super uncomfortable. And when you're trying to do something to get me off of you, I'm just going to start fucking you up with ground and pound. Yeah, too bad. You know, too bad. Yeah. yeah. Like you're not going to, you're, this is going to be a bad night for you. You're not going to be comfortable at any point. And he does it in a way when it's, he's not jeopardizing his position. Correct. You know, he's maintaining position and hurting. It's almost like in, we talked about it, don't really want to bring it back up, but like with Almeida, you know, Almeida did that in spurts in this fight against Derek Lewis, but didn't, you know, didn't maintain that. Sabatini does, yeah. and he has, I mean, he has that grappler squeeze. You know, like there's certain people you see like when their back flexes, when they're when they're squeezing oh, yes. on something, and you're like, oh, this dude has an otherworldly squeeze. He didn't even get flat on the arm triangle against Lucas Almeida. Yeah. You could hear his coach calling for it. Like get your hips down. Nope. I don't, nope. I don't just gonna to. squeeze. I'm squeezing this guy's life away just based on the squeeze. That's dangerous mm-hmm. because you know I I don't do jujitsu, the new nits, but technique is important as well. If you just have the squeeze, I mean, it's like mm-hmm. okay, well, ill. <laughs> yeah, you combine the two. <laughs> oh, and and he's coming out of a camp where he's grappling with much bigger, very credential grapplers. Yeah, he's grappling with Andre Petrosky. Yeah. Sean Brady. He's grappling with those guys every day. Right. So he's got to be able to hold his own. He's the little guy in the camp, right? Going with these just massive killers. So super excited. I want to see the grappling exchange. I'm about to say, who do you think goes for a takedown first on this fight? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Because I don't know if Lopez shoots for takedown, the takedown, or if he's like, hey, if, you know, I'm going to stand up and if, Sabatini shoots for it. Cool. I'm comfortable. And that's what's going to be really interesting to me is, you know, is the pressure of Sabatini going to not allow Lopez's hips to get loose to be able to hunt up those submissions? Or are the submission attempts going to prevent Sabatini from being able to get comfortable and inflict the damage with the ground and pound? That's what I want to see. Is Sabatini going to be a little nervous and so he's just going to hold position 
and maybe try submissions as opposed to posturing and getting the ground and pound in because he knows if he lets up at all, you know, Lopez's hips are are going wild and submissions are coming. Yeah, the correct answer was Sabatini, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it feels like this will be a stand up match within like 30, 30 seconds to a minute. I I I feel like Sabatini's gonna try to get his hands on him, like take him down. This is what it feel like. And oh, there's gonna be a clinch for yeah, sure. And and and, and for someone like Sabatini to go to Diego Lopez, like why not? You know, let's see what ha- let's see what happens. Let's let's mm. see what happens when I throw in some adversity. This one's a this one's exciting. Oh, and as intriguing as this fight is, as exciting as it is, title fights aside, it might not be the most exciting fight on the main card. I know because we have Steamroller Matt Bravola taking on Benoit Saint Denis. Saint Denis. Oh my! Like. Thank you, matchmakers. Yeah, yeah. This this thank is, you. This is a good one, Steamroller. I know you just only like him because of his nickname. I don't even think yeah. you've seen a fight. <laughs> he's just like he's he's yeah. He's a power puncher. Is a is a is a phrase that gets tied to him one hundred percent, right? Oh yeah, and like you look at what the last three fights are Oof. for him because he got. Shut off in seven seconds yeah. by Terrence McKinney, yep. right? He had everybody being Terrence McKinney's biggest fan. Yeah. And so how does he respond from that? First round knockout, first round knockout, first round knockout. And the last one against Drew Dober, like that's the most hurt we have ever seen. Drew it's Dober. Drew Dober. We have talked on this podcast about Drew Dober. That dude yeah. lives to scrap. And he was yeah, hurt. with his quagmire chin, just, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't, he eats shots and doesn't really get hurt. The times we have seen him hurt, Terrence McKinney, where he was able to rebound and get the win in this fight against Frivola, and Frivola hurt him badly. Yep. Woo. But let's, let, so he, let, let, he might knock people out three times, but your boy Benoit Saint-Denis, he's submitting you and then he's like okay i'll, I'll take you I'll, I'll submit you on this one I mean, he's he's mixing it up this is i want to see them stand up <laughs> i do want to see them yes. stand up but it's going to be interesting to see what happens if and when he gets him down on the ground yeah I, and it's interesting because frivola is out of that saralongo camp yeah so he, he's training with very good grapplers Correct. right he has that in his camp but sandinese He's different. Yeah. And he mixes it all together so incredibly well. The his kicking game is scary. Like him being able to maintain that distance. What he did to Ishmael Bonfim. Mm-hmm. And Bonfim was trying to be tough. Like, yeah, kick me again. Okay, cool. Yeah, I will. I, I think he said we. And then he did it <laughs> repeatedly. And just his voice is probably deeper than than me doing that. But we. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> <Oui. laughs> but those, I mean, those kicks to the liver were were filthy. You look at, I don't know if Frivola can get him out of there. Yeah, I know. Because you look at what happened, and granted. Saint Denis had more weight because it was up at welterweight, but we've meant. I, I feel like I talk about it every episode, but the beating that Saint Denis took against Capoeira mm. with "fuck you, Russian ref," you wanted to see somebody <laughs> die. You're sick, <laughs> but the beating he took in that fight to not be finished, yeah, was impressive. Yeah, it took, as, took two years off his life. A hundred percent. But at, and at that point it was like, Oh, I don't feel great for this guy. And all he has done since then four finishes. Yep. 
four and oh at at lightweight in the UFC, all finishes, and they're not all in the first round. He is wearing people out. And, and he's just he's French special forces, which also <laughs> Frivola, former military, so like really cool. One of the things that they were trying to do, and I'll be interested to see if they do, was allow them both to wear uh shorts representing their country, since they both oh nice fought, fought in wars for their country. Uh so yeah, I, I hope they do that both. Sandini and Frivola were like, yes, please. Like, that would be really cool to be do. Awesome. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But the what he has been able to do, constant pressure. I mean, against Tiago Moises, the elbows that he was dropping on that man, oh. standing on the ground. I mean, just hurt him. The standing elbow was badly. Gross, dude. Yes, oh. hurt him badly. So bad. And so I don't know how this is how this is going to play out, right? I, I think we're going to see gas tanks here because Saint-Denis, despite taking one of the worst beatings in UFC history, it feels like, maybe it's only because we talk about it so much, <laughs> but never been finished. Yeah. And the only time for Bolt, for Bola, for Bola, <laughs> Steam Bola, uh, the, the, the only time he's been out of the first round since 2021 was against Armand Sarukian. So, yeah, and, the, and we're going to see some dig deep. I, I believe we're going to see some dig deep in this fight. I don't. I mean, I'm wrong. Anything can happen. But I feel like we're mm-hmm. going to see some dig deep. We're going to see like, I hate when people say who wants it more because they both want it, right? Yes. But who who has that little bit extra mental cardio edge or whatever it is? This is that type of fight. This fight is like if we didn't have two, two title fights, this could be like a co-main right now for this card, right? It's just, oh, it's just yeah. we have two title fights, right? Yeah, as far as exciting, this is one that is a main event for a fight night. Yes. Oh, it's, easy. For a fight night? Oh, easy. <laughs> when easy. they announced it on this card, I thought for sure. Burr, 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 yeah. Just because of the matchup, but I get it. Frivola put him on the main card. It's in New yeah. York. Makes perfect sense. Yes. But this is going to be, it's so interesting because the access for the liver kick is there for Saint Denis. You had, Frivola is an orthodox fighter. So Saint-Denis with the southpaw, the access is there. And Frivola usually does very good job with the lead hand. But he did really good with the rear hand in his last fight against Dober, who's also a southpaw. Yeah. So which, and I am by no means skilled in you know or or very informed in all the the skills involved or techniques strategy of striking but you hear it enough of you know when you have the the open stances the the lead hand there's the fighting but the jab is gone it's more about establishing with the backhand so that's going to be very interesting can frivola get into boxing range and avoid getting his liver decimated (laughs) and and honestly like the way they have this fight you know we we talked about a little bit on the phone a couple days ago the ebb and flow of like how they how they where, where they put people placement on the mm-hmm. cards like this is before the Jessica Andrade McKenzie Dern fight seems like it should be right before the you know the the title fights but this this fight this fight can't be bad this fight can't unless one unless I I feel like you chose someone else and I poisoned them outside mm-hmm. of that you know yeah. that, this fight cannot be a bad fight I think it'd be a great way to like go into the title fights especially because. You know, one of the title fights is a heavyweight, so it's probably going to be done. But, you know. But you want to talk about a pop to start a main card? Frivola 
coming out, yeah, but hometown in, crowd. In the first fight, Sabatini? Mm-mm. Oh, the oh, so I'm looking at I'm looking at ESPN and they're showing it. It's gonna be Yuri Pajeda, Pavlovich, Aspinall, Andraj Dern, Frivolis. Oh, yeah. I was looking at tapology. Yeah, so yeah, it is showing the Lopez Sabatini. Yeah, which, ah. which I honestly out of the three fights that aren't title fights, I think the Frivola Saint Saint Denis fight is the most potential to be like an exciting fight. All of them are probably mm-hmm. gonna be great, but yes. like this fight just but Anyway, that means I get to see it sooner. Okay. <laughs> I'm not complaining about <laughs> yeah. it. We get to see the fight. Let's just not have any cursed cardness. And we've already oh, had this card curse. This fight is mm-hmm. so good, dude. It's yes. so good. And we got two title fights. Oh, yeah. And in the rare occurrence, it doesn't go according to weight class because our co-main is the heavyweight title. And I get it's a interim uh, championship because John Jones won't be able to fight for at least eight months. But I think this is the... This is ultimately the the championship but, just because I think whoever I think both guys retire after and the, that's fine. Uh, but Chan Jones, this retire. is an interim title fight. But so is the other one kind of like so is the light heavyweight. Like we don't even know what's going on mm-hmm. with that. I'm not mad. You know, I, I don't you know, usually the heavier divisions get get the the main spots over mm-hmm. the lighter ones. I'm not mad because I, I kind of pose this question to you if you fell asleep that night and didn't watch the card and I woke up and it was like one of the title fights finished in a like had a finish you're gonna be like probably the heavyweight fight like if only mm-hmm. one of them finished so you know have that fight happen and then maybe the main fight but this Pavlovich versus Aspinall what a dangerous like clash of heavyweights this is gonna be so scary <laughs> this is gonna be scary so scary because yeah. both guys are so quick very different mm-hmm. very different Aspinall is like well-rounded has submissions all of that and Pavlovich is mainly a boxer yeah but there there's almost this kind of weird idea about Pavlovich because he's knocking people out that he has this one punch like shut you off type power he really doesn't yeah it comes from combinations and he has just filthy combinations that you don't normally see for heavyweights I mean he strings together four or five six punches at a time mm. and you don't normally see that from heavyweights now there are some holes in both the Maurice Green and Shamil Abdurrahimov fights He's reaching for kicks. Yeah. And and that could be a problem because Aspinall is going to kick. Yeah. Oh, he's going to. Th- absolutely. He's going to kick. I mean, here's a guy who wrecked his knee and came out and the first strike he threw in his fight back was a kick. Just, right? just, <laughs> just to test it out. Like, you know, I'm here. And, and that's probably good mentally, right? Where it's like, I don't want to be scared if I just throw it. But also, Aspinall has 100% takedown accuracy. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's a stat I didn't know till just now. That's, yeah. that's, it's going to happen, right? Like, it's yeah. going to happen. And the last time we saw Pavlovich on the ground was not good. That's all. when he, yeah, that's when he lost to Overeem. And granted, it was what 2019. We're talking, you know, four years ago. Sure. But he just laid on his back. He got taken down, and just laid on his back. He looked a little tired. And you're talking not even being five minutes into a fight. Yeah. So I'm interested to see because ultimately, yeah, unless he can hurt Aspinall right away. And even if he does, maybe maybe Aspinall can still get the takedown. Exactly. But unless he can hurt him right away, like this fight is going to go to the ground. But but that's that's the thing is Pavlovich can hurt him right away. <laughs> like there's there's no question that he can. I mean, 
a minute six, two minutes, 11, four, three, oh, 55 seconds, 54 seconds. He can do mm-hmm. it. He can. Yes. It's just Aspinall, when you're, when you're a little bit more rounded, well, I'll say well-rounded, you can plan for that to be like, okay, like, let me just step back and let, let me make sure he doesn't hit me and then I have this other thing, right? And, mm-hmm. and being able to kick well keeps distance. So, yeah. you know, it's like, are we going to see a big, like, right hook where he goes under and tries to take no who knows but the the all right guys fight and them walking toward each other is going to be scary oh terrifying oh, and, and the over in fight was 2018 not 2019 but the aspinall coming back off of that knee injury he looked amazing yeah against tybora and loved him like rushing you know it's like sprinting to the cage afterwards um but you have neither guy. So they have 14 combined fights mm-hmm. in the UFC. The only one that has gone out of the first round was Aspinall Arlovsky. Yeah. And that one ended, what are we looking at? A couple minutes into a minute, the second round? A minute round? nine into the second Minute round. nine. Yeah. yeah. So neither one of these guys has fought for more than six minutes and 10 seconds in the <laughs> UFC. I don't know if I see that changing here. Well, Aspinall, Aspinall lost. Uh in 2015 at 359 of the second round. Yeah, not in the UFC. Oh, I'm in sorry, the UFC, I'm talking about. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah, because because yeah. Pavlovich has gone in, yeah, into yeah. the third round. He has, I think, a couple decision wins uh, on his record, but very different against the best of the best in the UFC. Um, but this, this this to your point where you said earlier, this feels like more of the heavyweight. It does. This feels like mm-hmm. the he- just because, rightfully so, John Jones, his name alone deserves him all the all the credit. But if he's not going to fight, this is this is probably closer to what the heavyweight division is going to look like going forward, right? Uh, and if by some grace of whatever, one of these, whoever wins this fight, and then Jones comes back and fights him, I mean, you can't not be excited for that. You just can't I, be. Yeah, either one. Yeah, that, either but that's one. what I'm saying. It doesn't matter who does it. Now, if Jones comes back, it's going to fight against Miocic, and who gives a mm-hmm. shit? Because I heard some things even that, like, this injury is a year a year injury, mm-hmm. right? Because it came off yeah. the bone. Yeah. So, and then at that point, Miochis is 50. But, yeah. But if Jones did come back and one of these guys, has, and he matches up against whoever the winner is, I mean, oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. It's, I'm really excited to see the distance game in this one because, yeah. like, Aspinall has the full set of skills. Correct. You know, he has the kicks. What he does in the clinch and on the breaks in the clinch is really impressive. He's hurt a couple guys. What was it? Spivak and, um, oh gosh, who was the other one? Might have been Arlovsky. Oh, no, it was Collier. Collier or Arlovsky. He hurt one of the other ones. Spivak yeah. and somebody else on the break from the clinch mm. where just nice strikes. He'll throw knees. He'll throw elbows. Just very good coming out of the clinch. Pavlovich has boxing range. Yeah. Now his boxing range is insane. I think he has a seven foot reach, but I think the only other, the only longer reach is John Jones, or maybe it's tied with John Jones, but insane reach. But he has that distance, and Aspinall can can get into different ranges. So I want to see how that plays out. Either way, this fight is the next generation of heavyweights. We're go. starting to see some movement, and then once this fight is over. You always have you're gonna have John Jones Stipe. Who knows what'll happen there? But then you do have Jailton Almeida mm-hmm. sitting there. So 
heavyweight's starting to get a little more interesting. Uh, but yeah, I'm this is one that is as exciting of a heavyweight fight as I think you could have in, in mixed martial arts right now. I, I 100% agree, not putting John Jones' name in there, but just because if John Jones is healthy and not finding Miocic, him fighting anybody is the most exciting yes. for me. But this this feels like the winner of this is the is is, is going to be the person that's the heavyweight champ. It just feels, mm-hmm. it has that aura of it. These are two clear guys that deserve it. It's just what happens with John Jones. So if we take yeah. John Jones out of it, this is this is the heavyweight fight I would want to watch right now. The heavyweight title yeah. fight I would want to watch right now. Yes, and it's the circumstances are a little different, but it's almost similar to Connor getting the lightweight belt, where like John Jones first fight up at uh at heavyweight, a matchup that you could say is kind of tailor made, you know, sure. going against a guy who can't wrestle, and then. Now we're going to have to have an interim belt because he's not there to defend it yeah. right now. now. Obviously, circumstance is very, very different. But it, it just kind of reminded me of that, of like, well, we can't even nec- – John Jones is the greatest of all time, but we can't necessarily say he's the best heavyweight at no. this point because we've only seen him fight a tailor-made matchup. Absolutely, and and it's tailor-made, but it's also the consequence is different, right? Like Conor McGregor mm-hmm. went up 10 pounds. Yeah. Jones went 60. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it's no it's doubt. like there no there doubt. there is a difference, and mm-hmm. and the reason why I hold a little bit more credence is because it is John Jones, right? And he was about to, even though it was against Stipe, Stipe's the winningest heavyweight champion in the UFC. He was at least mm-hmm. going to defend it. He just got injured. Yes. Can't help it. Yeah, or, or I mean, I guess you can't help it, but it happens. So at least we were going to see it. It's just with John Jones feeling like he has a foot out the door. I mean. He hasn't fought in so long. He finally fights. He's about to fight again. He gets injured. He's out for eight months to a year. What do we do? I, I don't think this needs to be for a title. I think they're only doing that because of MSG. I, I think this could just be a contender fight, if and it would be just as exciting. Putting the belt on it, whatever. But this, yes. this, this is the these are the, the this person is going to be the future champion of the heavyweight division for sure. I think, and this is pure speculation. I think part of putting the belt on it is now if Aspinall has the belt, he can defend it in a UK card before Jones comes back. Yeah, and if that happens, I I I know you've talked about this. You almost changed my mind a little bit on the idea of like what they're going to do is dissolve whatever John Jones has if he retires mm-hmm. and just make it. I get it. But if I see an interim title belt defended, I'm mad. I'm blood yeah. red mad. I'm just blood red mad. I don't like it. I think it's silly. Um, if if that's the case, just strip John Jones of it and just have him come yeah. back and win it again. Who gives a shit? You know, if it, I think if it's anybody else, they do. Yeah. Oh, but, of course. But they know the the fight, the Jones Miocic, the the whole story of the greatest of all time, the greatest heavyweight of yeah. all time. You know, they can sell that. Absolutely. So they're not going to. But I I agree with you. Like if you're having to defend interim belts, then the title holder should give up. The yeah. Belt. Then the belt doesn't matter to me. Yeah. And. If we want to talk about giving up belts. So is Jamal Hill the champion? I don't fucking is, know. I'm so tired of talking about it. <laughs> so right now they're saying it's for the vacant light heavyweight championship. But UFC's site still shows Jamal Hill as the champion. Yeah. But Jamal Hill can't defend it like Yuri couldn't defend it. And so Yuri said he was giving up the belt and that allowed other people to fight for it jamal hill said he was giving up the belt and the ufc was like yeah sure and then they didn't let him give up the belt <laughs> it was really weird uh, so i'm not sure exactly how that works but 
to me, this is the title fight because Yuri did not lose his belt. Sure. And and honestly, I think if Pajeda ends up winning, I think his star power might mm-hmm. surpass Jamal Hill's star power, and then they might just like dissolve that belt. But I, it, it, the belt thing is too confusing. I don't, I don't want to yes. harp on that because we do want to talk <laughs> about the matchup. But yeah. it's just too confusing. Now, as far as this matchup goes, weirdest matchup of all times. These guys are just like yeah. one guy doesn't smile, doesn't care. His his kids could do anything. He'd be like, okay, that's what I expect. And Yuri's a mountain man, so it's gonna. Oh be awesome. yeah, and Yuri does like drunken monkey kung fu it's sometimes so with his style. It's so interesting. And I went back and uh, actually this morning rewatched all three of his UFC fights, mm-hmm. and. One thing that really stood out is even though he was 20 plus, I mean, heck, he was 30 fights into his UFC career by the, or sorry, his MMA career by the time he debuted in the UFC, he evolved Mm. with every single fight. He looked, he still has the weird, like awkward, you know, motions, but he looked very, even in that looked very different every single fight. And Mm. part of that is each fight is a year apart. Yeah. He does not fight frequently, which with his style getting hit in the face as much as he does, I understand. Yeah, because that's his defense is getting hit in the face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he looked in his fight against no time. In his debut, it was very awkward, weird style. He kept like grabbing his wrist and like turning and looking away and just really weird stuff going on. And then against Dominic Reyes, there was still some of that but it wasn't quite as much. And then Glover was the most dialed in I've seen. And there was still some weirdness going on. That's who this guy is. But it was very, it was like much more calculated. Instead of just doing weird, it's like I'm doing weird to get reactions. To (laughs) just being who he is. Yeah. There's a method to the madness this time. And you know what's real fun about this one is he tapped, I mean, he stopped, he submitted to share him. Tashera mm-hmm. knows what that felt like. He knows probably because Tashera is a fighter, right? So he knows. Yes. Oh, I know what I did wrong, and now I'm training Pajeda, right? So mm-hmm. it's like I'm training Poeton for a guy that submitted. This is it, that little bit of extra information matters because I think Yuri could just get it down on the ground and and stop Pajeda. Uh, I think so. And- and by the way, I, I do just want to take a moment here. You nailed the Pajeda pronunciation a couple couple times but there. You saw how I switched it because I got self-conscious. Let me go back yes, to Poton. I <laughs> yes, I The did. reason why I didn't say Poton a couple times because I kept saying Pantoja in my head. I was like, that's wrong. But, I, I mean, we all know what Poton has. But for me, I just think that his power is not going to translate to the light heavyweight division based on the one fight. Just based on the yes. one fight. And yeah, and... I'm sorry. Let me finish this real quick. He's yeah. going to hit him in the face because Yuri blocks punches with his face. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't stop him, I think it's going to be a long night for Poton. Yeah. The in, what's really, really interesting about it is, yeah, Prohaska gets hit. Yeah. He's been, he is in danger in every single fight that he's in. <laughs> Which is, Every not single, good, which is not a good stat to have. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. But watching all three, he was hurt in every single fight. Mm. But guess what? He finished all three of those fights. Yeah, he can flows. He can flow yeah, so hard. Dude. Yes, he does. And when he's in danger, like yeah. he has that thing in him where he, when the moments are the most critical, 
when the consequence is the absolute biggest it can be, he responds in a way that allows him to continue to fight. Yeah. And when it's on the opposite side, he puts people away. Yeah. And and the, go ahead. The Teixeira fight, he was 30 seconds away from keeping his belt. Yep. Glover was 30 seconds away. Here's a guy who was, I think, 42 at the time. Worked his whole career to get to that moment. Won the belt. First defense, 30 seconds away from keeping it. Got tapped. Got tapped. And, and, and we're talking about Teixeira here, right? Yes. It's like hearing back in the day when Mir tapped to no or he broke his arm and didn't tap him. Yeah. But it's like when yeah. you see when you see that submission, you're like, and and he wasn't winning on the scorecards. Like you're saying, he, he it's Glover like, was 30 seconds yeah, away. Yeah. Oh, you sorry. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's real interesting because Yuri also is I, I don't want to say Poetan doesn't have the gas tank, but we know Yuri does, right? He in Ryzen, mm-hmm. he fought 10 minute rounds. You you don't mm-hmm. do that if you if you don't have that. And we know his mental game's there. I just it's gonna be a real fun fight. If Poetan wins, especially if he just left hand knocks him out, his star power is insane. Cause he's a two division champion. Yeah. Crazy. It'll be the 11th fight in his MMA career. Crazy. Two division champion in the biggest organization in the world. But if I, if Yuri sorry, if Yuri wins, yeah. just make the wait for Hill to get back and just whatever you guys to. do with the belt, just unify it. Yeah, have to, have to. And I, I do just want to say something real quick because we, uh, at least I do, knock the upper weight classes a lot of times just talking about the skill level being yep. so much higher at the lower weight classes. And I'm not going to deny that. But I rewatching that Glover Yuri fight, it was one of the few fights at a higher weight class where like it was everything. Oh. There was boxing range, kickboxing range. There was clinching. There was like high level grappling cage work. It was everything was blended together, like true mixed martial arts. And I just want to want to say that because it was such an amazing fight. watching it again with like 45 seconds left. I mean, heck at a minute left in the fight, like Glover has top position. Yeah. I knew the outcome. And I was like, I don't get how Glover <laughs> loses this. Like, how does this happen? Like, I know the ending and like, well, he's going to win is, is this one of those different like Mandela effects? Was I wrong? <laughs> yeah. Did I forget how this happened? Yeah. Nope. He, he's yeah. he's a special athlete. He is a special athlete. Yes. So is Poetan. Yours more well rounded, right? Unless unless mm-hmm. unless Poetan's so good at his stand up that working with the share, he can just like leaps and bounds. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I think his leaps and bounds are gonna be defense, not offense, right? Like stopping yeah. things from happening rather than. Because if he if he if he submits Yuri, then I don't know what I'm gonna say. Like if Poe oh, submit, yeah. I'm just gonna be like, okay, well he's the greatest. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> cashing a massive bet oh, if that yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. Great fight the, though. Oh, it is. And and what's really, really interesting to me about it is like the the dangerous moment's gonna happen. Yeah. I don't know how well Pajeda's power has translated to light heavily. It's hard to tell because one fight. Jan, yeah. right? Like Jan is is a giant Viking of a man. Yep. So it's, it's hard to tell. But the gap that we saw in Pajeda's game is when he has somebody hurt winging hooks from the hips. Yep. And we know Yuri responds in those moments. Yeah. So that's when the danger happens. Like that's what I'm really excited about. Like that moment of we're all holding our breath. Yuri's hurt. 
what's going to happen in the next 30 seconds. Oh yeah. I I think, I think this is a great main event because even the walk down, like the, the way Poetan walks out to the cage is so gangster. It's so mm -hmm. cool. Um, it just gets you like that primal. Yuri's going to come out, do some weird shit. They're going to be standing there. He's going to be doing weird shit. Like on a stretch. <laughs> yes. for the and it's going to be, it, this is, this is going to be a great fight. It's going to be a great fight. If Poetan's power doesn't translate, we're going to see it in this fight and it's going to be a problem for him going forward in the light mm -hmm. heavyweight division, you know? Correct. Yeah. I mean, if he can't get past Yuri, I, I don't think he's getting past Jamal Hill. No, he's, he's not going to be yeah. uh, at this time, a champion, just him being older. Especially if, if what we see is him tee off and Yuri doesn't fall down because mm -hmm. I think Jan, his, his issue with fighting poet Thomas, he just got tired. He got, yeah. I, I think if he, if he had a little bit of better gas tank, it's easier win for him. But that's not how fights go. Poetan dug deep, won that fight. This is a great. This is a great fight. It's just a goofy ass division right now. But it's yes. Well, and Yuri ate clean, clean shots oh, yeah. from no time. Yeah. Dominic Reyes, who was starching people yeah. with the straight left, he ate one, and from Glover, and so from, he has eaten, and from everybody else he's ever fought because that's yes. what he does. He has eaten clean shots from like. Not just big fighters, knockout artists. Yeah, exactly. And and not crumple. Yeah. So, yes, going to be so I don't know, gonna be I, exciting. I don't know what's going to happen if Poetan cracks him and doesn't go there. But we did yeah. get to see something amazing in Poetan, which was he cracked Jan and it didn't happen and he still found out a way to win. Yep. So, great yep. for him. This is, it's going to be a great cap to a I, what I think is going to be a magical card. Yeah, agreed. And so then our upcoming fights that were announced this week, uh, the co-main for the December 2nd uh, fight night in Austin, that's the Darius Sarukian card, Bobby Green versus Dan Hooker. They must have been listening to the podcast because uh, that's one that we I about to say our fans already know because we already said this fight was happening. So yes. no, no big deal. Yeah. Five round co-main. Don't understand. why. Don't get it at all. Rounds. So dumb. It doesn't need yeah. to be five rounds. It just doesn't. Yeah. Why? If you're not going to give the title shot to him next, why are you doing this? It's yeah. Because it, it's not like it's a number one contender fight. You're having what? Number nine versus number 12. I don't know if they just think it's going to be. It would be unsatisfying after three rounds. I'm, I don't know. But yeah, strange. That it's five. Mm. Then. One that I'm super excited about, uh, the the great Japanese hope, who we've talked about a few times, Tatsuro Taira, has been added to the December 9th card in Shanghai, taking on Carlos Hernandez. Just excited to see him get back into the cage. Yeah. You know, he had the the one fight canceled, uh, looked as human as he's ever looked against Edgar Chires. So I was just about to say see. that he looked human. Yeah, so want to see how that one plays out. And then we have one official title fight being announced for UFC 297 in Toronto. I believe it's January 20th. Uh, and that is the women's bantamweight championship. That is Rocky Pennington versus Myra Bueno Silva. I know what you're thinking. Why is Juliana Pena not involved? Apparently she is injured. Uh, she had some choice words <laughs> regarding the fact that this one is for a title. Well, she uh, should. That, yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll get up. We'll get on this closer to the event. It'll give me some time to really process that, but I don't care for this matchup at all. I don't care for it just because Myra Borna Silva looked amazing against Holly Holm, but it got turned to a no contest. Now, yeah. we can say, oh, it's just Adderall and all this shit, but she didn't sit within the rule set. Yep. Yeah, Pennington's crazy win streak. 
<laughs> I just don't feel like this is a uh, after this after this. Juliana Pena did what she had to do. She's doing a lot of talking, but mm-hmm. she she's she's right. It's like I'm I should be the one, and, and you're right. You should be. So I don't know. We'll see how this one turns up. Give yeah, some time and to then, like sleep on it and shit. Yeah, and with so with that being a title fight on that card, that's not going to be the main event Can't for be. for a Toronto card, right? They're they're going to have to add another title fight. The rumor for that title fight, it has been denied by Dubronx's camp, uh, but the rumor is they are trying to get Dubronx Islam two set yes for the uh, title fight. Yes, please for the main event. If yes. if that's the case, then cool because I just want to see that fight. How they'll have to put it? another title fight on the card. They have to. They they'll have to. How how um, is his, how is how is the healing? Yeah. Yeah. How's that how's Dubronx's cut healing up? We'll find out. And then the another title fight that was supposed to that had been rumored for that card, which is why they're kind of scrambling now, was Volkanovsky defending against Ilya Tapuria. That is now rumored to be headlining UFC 298 in February. Mm, so yeah. once again, rumor, I think ultimately. Ilya Taporia's next fight is for the title. We'll we'll see if it's going to be against Volk if Volk is healthy or if it's going to be uh, an interim belt if Volk can't get back to the cage in time and they're trying to get it done. But we do know Ilya will be fighting for the title next. That would be a, a phenomenal match. And he deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully the cut that Volk has is healed by then correctly and hopefully his mental mental is up there, you know. Absolutely. So Anything else on your end, brother? I do. I have something small to say just because we didn't get to talk about it. Big ups to Francis Ngannou. That's all I need to say. Mm-hmm. We don't We don't need to talk about boxing. Big ups to him. He knocked down who some might regard as the greatest, at least the greatest living heavyweight right now. Mm-hmm. Good, uh, Great story. Big ups to him. I, I, the fight was not how I expected it to go. And you're just like, man, f- that, that guy, that guy chose him. He, Francis mm-hmm. said, I'm going to choose me. And everything that's happening to him i'm i'm happy to see love to see it yep. absolutely love to see it as always appreciate y'all for listening love and respect later